0: What's up everybody, how's it going in the internet wrestling community and all over the world wide web, it is me, it is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, bringing you another edition of the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And Going to be a boxing heavy for uh, uh, episode for all intents and purposes today, although something huge came out in wrestling, as we know, and we will discuss later on in the program. Usually, as I say, uh, this show is about pro wrestling, but sometimes we dabble a little bit in MMA, and sometimes I dip my... Pinky toe, in the world of boxing. Well, this episode is definitely going to be uh, my whole foot. At least we won't dive in. Dive in, because uh, if anything else, I'm going to give my opinions, and I have I have opinions on most everything in life, not just in pro wrestling, but I don't really want to speak from a place of complete ignorance, and even though. I only watch boxing kind of when there's news to be made. Um, I I watch it decently enough to form a somewhat intelligent opinion. Uh, Not even fully informed, mind you, but at least a general idea of what's going on. So I'm just going to basically report what happened in the world of boxing and how it relates to professional wrestling, which it does, believe it or not. And then we are going to get into the big news over the last week, which was the 2022 list of the PWI, that's Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500, was published. And we'll talk about the top 10. And if we have time later on, In the show, we'll talk about uh, the relevance of the PWI. I feel like it's still relevant. I actually feel like it's a more accurate metric than uh, some guy writing fanfic for 40 years finally gets to become best friends with a head of a, a Vanity Project pro wrestling company. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. For the moment, anyway, if we get to it, we'll talk to it. But, you know, the show is going to go on and it's going to go on because of you guys, which I uh, humbly appreciate. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for supporting me. Uh, It's just awesome to see every now and again you get more people who are interested in the podcast, interested in your page, interested in what you have to say. And I just love it. I love the fan support that it's growing every day, not just on the Facebook page but also on Twitter and all my other social media. So if you'd like to join me on all my other social media, then you can join me on the Heal and Face podcast just everywhere. I'm on Twitter, obviously. I'm on Minds, Locals, just wherever you can. I upload videos to Rumble. But uh, I've got a lot of places where I go to put me talking about pro wrestling. So if you want to join me there, please feel free to join me on any of these uh Social media platforms or 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 if I uh, if you can't, I'm always uploading the audio version of this podcast to your favorite podcast streaming service. So either way, I'm there, baby. And I get uh, lots of uh, buzz from that, too. So I really do from the bottom of my heart really appreciate Everything that you guys do in order to support the show, in order to help me keep the show going, because uh, I just love talking wrestling, and I love talking wrestling with you. So you guys can find me there. And oh, before I forget, how could I forget? Do What The Crawl says, too. Also follow Heel Turn Wrestling at HG wrestling 316 Because of them, I'm allowed to broadcast by myself and to y'all out there in greater audience so I do appreciate heel turn wrestling so just go to HD Wrestling 316 and you can uh, enjoy me there as well I'll mostly comment on my personal page first or throughout the show live but I usually try to go back on the heel turn side and comment there as well so definitely definitely appreciate your support on both ends and definitely appreciate you watching along right now so Let's just get to it. Um, The big news coming from the world of boxing is, of course, last night's end of the trilogy. Canelo Alvarez retains his undisputed super middleweight championship versus Gennady Golovkin in uh, a one-sided affair to be sure this match was scored unanimously and it's very rare you get complete uh you know uh uh unanimity with a fight and for all intents and purposes canelo uh commanded the whole thing and just, uh, he just he just basically uh took over the fight now, they finally got this thing going amid controversy. Both camps accusing each other of not really wanting to fight and blaming COVID. I mean, who didn't blame the pandemic, right? So this match was supposed to be probably about a year ago. And if it was a year ago or so, I wonder what the outcome would have been. Canelo, uh was just on top of, uh, triple G all night and, uh, seemed like, uh, uh Canelo just, uh, just seemed like the triple G was a bit slow all night. Um, he really didn't get started, uh, until later in the rounds. But at that point, uh, uh, Canelo had such a commanding lead of all the rounds that I don't think it really would have mattered. And at the end, he showed, a you know, Triple G showed a little bit of fire, but it's the kind of fire that boxers show when they know that they're kind of done. It's, it's their last shot, you know, uh, to be able to do something. And uh, it was the 12th round. So it went the distance. And um, even though Triple G tried to make a comeback at the end, it's just um, Canelo wasn't having it and just won. So congratulations to Triple G, the undisputed super middle heavyweight. Um, Yeah, so like I said, there's nothing really more that I can comment on other than the fact that uh, we were all waiting, anticipating. And yeah, just like I said in the the below that uh, after the fight was over, both fighters hugged. They knew that this was over. I think Triple G is – closer or closing in on retirement i think this was probably his last shot to get at canelo's belts, and canelo needs to fight other people now i mean this we this was a thing it happened we we were all anticipating uh the uh third match to you know kind of end this war a little bit and it got very nasty for a while of course but that's what happens in boxing right most of the uh most of the Fights in MMA and boxing, uh, the talk gets pretty nasty for a while, pretty chippy for a while. But in the end, the fighters respect each other. Unlike some uh, media scrums in professional wrestling, uh, the boxers still have somewhat of a respect for each other. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm not saying Triple G is going to retire. I'm just saying, you know, he's 40. He might be able to fight. Uh, for a couple more years or not, but if Canelo's not going anywhere and uh, Canelo needs other people to box, I don't know where Triple G's future is going to be. So only time will tell. We will see. We will see. Um, and then, wasn't the only news that happened in boxing this weekend because something else interesting happened in boxing. Speaking of uh, rivalries and heated exchanges and uh, people um, not exactly uh, motivated to do what they need to do uh, in order to fight who they need to fight. But, randomly in the beginning of the week, Anthony Joshua agrees to fight the linear champ Tyson Fury, which this again was a while coming again. uh, Some of the context behind this was the pandemic, but a lot of this, I don't want to get too in commentary right now without talking about it, but um, a lot of it in my opinion seemed to do with the fact that Joshua lost. Um, to Yusek in a fight that he felt like he was going to win. So he, most of the time, betting on yourself works out. Like me, for example, in my personal life, I bet on myself. And even though I was at my darkest hour a little while ago, uh, after six years, I finally got a uh, my shot at uh, teaching again that I'm completely grateful for and I will never take for granted ever again. Well, not that I took for granted before, but you get the idea. Anyway, enough about me. The point I was trying to make is sometimes betting on yourself is worth it. Sometimes betting on yourself works out for you. uh, Like Colin Sexton did just recently getting traded to the Utah jazz, but still getting paid. Like he's a starting point point guard uh, in NBA. But this time, and in this instance, Joshua uh, bet on himself and lost. Uh, he felt like that he didn't need to fight Tyson Fury right away, that Tyson Fury and his camp weren't agreeing to the demands, and he was tired of waiting. So he took that fight with Yusick and felt like he could basically just bully Usyk out of his belts, and then that way uh, that would prove to Fury that uh, Joshua was a legit champ, um, only to lose to Usyk, and he lost all of his belts. So I don't know what Joshua was thinking in that regard. Um, he definitely bet on himself and lost. But he finally, I guess, come to his senses. And uh, Tyson Fury said in an interview also about it that Joshua was also haggling over the purse, uh, that he was complaining that Fury was only offering 20 percent, 30 percent, 40 percent. Fury was very coy about it, but he but he he kind of came out and said that wasn't true. But then he uh he uh said that uh, we made him a generous offer and it came out in reports that uh the purse is actually going to be split 50-50 so this ought to be interesting this finally is going to happen Joshua versus future WWE superstar Tyson Fury in a match, hopefully for the linear championship, because honestly, this is all that Joshua has left. If Joshua can defeat Fury, he's at least got this, so he can go back to Usyk and say, "Okay, this is all the belts now. This is for all the belts. I'm the belt collector, and this is all for." Or the other way around, because what if Joshua does lose this? I don't want to get too speculative right away because it's going to be a while before. This uh, bout comes up, but what if Joshua can't do it? What if he can't beat Tyson Fury? Deontay Wilder thought he could beat Tyson Fury, and that didn't go well for him. So what do we, so so what do we do if Joshua doesn't in fact beat Fury? Fury has the belt. Uh, by the way, Fury, who famously unretired and then retired again, or retired and unretired, I don't know. I can't keep track. All I know is that Fury can sing American Pie randomly at uh, at WWE events. But Fury, if he has the title and Joshua can't get it from him, he has to fight Usyk. And I don't know how much Fury has left. I don't know how old he is. He doesn't seem that old, but he doesn't seem that young either. And what happens if... Fury ends up beating Usyk for all the belts. So now in a world meticulously planned by Joshua to be able to be known finally as the best heavyweight in the world, Deontay Wilder is nowhere to be seen. He's probably probably not going to be uh, around. Matter of fact, didn't he actually retire? Uh, so again, like I told you, I'm not 100% up on everything. So if you know more than I do, please mention it in the comments below. But if Wilder's retired and Joshua can't get the belt, where does it go next? It's going to go Fury versus Yusick And I don't know if Usyk wants to wait around either. I mean, who knows? He probably doesn't. He probably wants to fight people too, you know, because fighters won't fight, right? So we'll see what happens. But at least we're going to eventually get Joshua versus Fury for the linear boxing championship and I'm sure WWE and uh, and Triple H are excited about the fact that they're getting a ton of mainstream press about it because even uh, as as Socrates once said uh, bad press is still press and uh, oh yeah speaking of uh wwe and um cross promotion uh it looks like that um logan paul is set to face the Tribal Chief at Crown Jewel coming up. And uh, there's a lot of mixed reactions to this. Let me show you what this looked like. At the press conference, there's a lot of mixed reactions to this. I'm again for it. First of all, uh, Logan Paul is a pro wrestler now, he's a WWE star now. Whether you like to admit it or not, he's part of it. And then Because he's got the biggest audience in the world, because he's got the biggest international pub in the world, why wouldn't you have him fight Roman Reigns uh, on an international stage for, unfortunately, a show you still have to put on, you still have to produce? And I know a lot of fans out there are very critical of Logan Paul being part of the WWE, I understand a lot of fans are just uh, not happy about Logan Paul being a pro wrestler, and that the Pauls are self-serving and blah blah blah. His brother Jake apparently is going to take on uh, Rockman uh, Junior, which I don't think that's a good idea, but. It is what it is. I've seen a lot of speculation out there that Logan Paul could possibly beat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, if nothing else, to drum up interest and excitement for a pay-per-view that, you know, let's face it, everyone knows – this is still like the terrible contract that the WWE made with the Saudi government. Let's not kid ourselves. If this and the next, I think they have, what, three three or four more on this contract. If they even do moderately well, you know the WWE is going to resign with the Saudi government and do it. So let's just see it for what it is. It is what it is. And it's going to continue to be this way, especially, again, if WWE is looking to establish WWE Europe. I think it's going to be funny geopolitically how they're going to do that. If they're going to establish WWE Europe and have a ton of their matches in Dubai or in Saudi, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but uh, it is what it is. And we all know what it's for. But that being said, we can still enjoy this. Now, storyline-wise, some people are saying, well, why would you even let Logan Paul in? Well, we don't want to see Goldberg, even though Goldberg's going to be there. He's probably going to fight Omas, and that will be a complete and other uh, popcorn break, right? Um, another issue is... There really is no one else to feed Roman Reigns to until Cody is back and until they know what they're doing with Braun Strowman, until they know what they're doing with other fighters, honestly, like Kevin Owens and other people that have been there. And uh, they there's a rumor they're going to get a couple of more people back. Let's not forget, I don't think Drew is totally out of the picture. And Karrion Cross is still there. So I'm not 100% sure who you would give to Roman Reigns right now for uh, the potentially setting up of Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and then WrestleMania next year. <coughs> It doesn't it, it doesn't make sense so this is a perfect example plus you know as we know WWE is not shy about their star power either they're not shy about bringing in random people who are from the entertainment or cel- celebrity pop culture to come in and look good. You know Logan Paul's not going to stink up the joint. He's had two really good matches in his uh, nation's WWE career. And as I've heard people say before, or I've read people say before on Facebook and other social media, that Logan Paul is a better worker than two-thirds of the AEW locker room. And that says something. It says a lots of things. I don't want to get into it. That's not the, this type of... Uh, Episode today, and quite frankly, I've talked, to, I've I've mentioned them twice, and talked more about AEW than I ever care to, ever again. But when you take a look at, this is a logical, uh, uh, spot for Logan Paul to be in. If Logan Paul is a serious WWE wrestler. Or wants to become or will become, then he's going to commit and he's going to work from the bottom and come up. You know, I feel like he's not the type of person that's just going to be there just for the paycheck. It looks like he takes it seriously. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he was trained by someone who's pretty reputable, pretty smart. And of course, he and his brother Jake are amazing athletes. So I'm looking forward to it. I would love to see Logan Paul give Roman Reigns a run for his money, but Reigns ain't losing the belt. He's not losing the belt. There's no sniffing of Roman Reigns losing the belt until at least a Royal Rumble. So, I'm excited for it, and uh, I might actually uh, tune in for it, despite my obvious objections to Crown Jewel as a whole. My question is, even though Sami Zayn was at the press conference, and of course, you can see Sami Zayn uh, gleefully looking on, acknowledging the Tribal Chief, and uh, at the same time staring daggers through this young punk Logan Paul. By the way, Sami Zayn's having the best run of his entire professional wrestling career, albeit short. Albeit very short, um, you know we, we're not sure what he did before he got to WWE. You know, there's a rumor sometimes that he would be a body double for El Generico. Um, we're not sure, but in a short time in WWE, I think he's been on the biggest trajectory of his career. So good for him! Uh, and and you know what you you know that. That They're going to feed Sami Zayn to Logan Paul like on the SmackDown right before Crown Jewel or something like that, which would be hilarious. And then you could end that show with Reigns beating Logan Paul down. But don't worry. Don't, don't fret. This isn't the time to give Logan Paul the WWE Heavyweight and Undisputed Championship. If anything, pull a dusty finish. Let Logan Paul have the belt and show it off and get the pop from the crowd. But, you know, because of disqualification or whatever, Roman will retain. We don't know where it's going to go after that, though. There are multiple suitors of Roman Reigns's belt. And, of course, there's rumors out there that because Roman Reigns is taking a more relaxed schedule over the next couple of years, that his uh, reign as Undisputed Champ will come sooner than later. There's also talk that because of USA and Fox both putting equal amounts of pressure on WWE and the product uh, to have distinct stars on each roster, there's talk that they may actually, in fact, break the belts up again. So who knows? Again, that's all rumor and speculation. The truth is, is that Paul versus Reigns for the undisputed WWE Championship might be a low-key banger. So let's wait for that. All right, well, speaking of WWE and speaking of the one, throw his one in the air. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns and if, in fact, he did make The PWI 500. It's probably no secret right now. But we're going to take a quick break for me to, uh, you know, get a drink, catch my breath. And then when we come back, we will discuss the top 10 of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. We'll go over them. We'll talk about them and we'll uh, discuss what. The PWY means if it still means anything anymore, and I'm convinced that it still does. I'm convinced that it is still as relevant today as it ever was. So, stick around for uh, this quick, quick break. You are listening to and/or watching the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. Brought to you by Heel Turd Wrestling. Give me like 30 seconds and we'll be right back. All right, we're back, everybody. It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on another Sunday morning here. Talking about pro wrestling with the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn wrestling and yeah, I know it was very boxing heavy the first half of the show, and uh, I make no apologies for that. Just because honestly, like I enjoy boxing, I try to catch big fights when I can. Like I say, I dive in uh, feet first, head first, whatever you want to call it in the world of professional wrestling. Obviously, with this podcast. But on this podcast, I kind of wade around a little bit in MMA, talk a little bit about it. And then eventually I touch my toe. I dabble a little bit into boxing when uh, the big fights come or when it's the most interesting to me. So um, I thought that a lot of that, especially since it was, again, a really uh, pro wrestling related. A lot of that was pro wrestling related. So um, I'm cool. All right. Well. The biggest issue on everyone's mind so far has been the release of the PWI 500. And last year, I did a pretty extensive dive. I don't feel like I'm going to do it that this year. I may set it up. I know I keep promising that I'm going to do a three count. I may set it up. I may do a three-count. Who knows? Every time I say I do, I don't. And then every time I don't plan on doing one, I do a three-count. For those of you fans of the show who don't know what the three-count is, the three-count is I try to put it in, as a exclusive on your favorite audio podcast streaming platforms as a little bit of five-minute segment, ten-minute segment on the three things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling. That I didn't get to discuss on the show, so I try to do that. But you know, um, life kind of gets in the way, and I hate making promises that I don't keep. So if I get the chance this week to do a deeper dive of the PWI 500, and I will definitely let you guys know where it is exclusively. So let's get to it, shall we? Uh, Let's talk about the PWI 500. And let's just go with the top 10 because, uh, you know, again, we could spend a whole afternoon talking about the top 10 and I uh, don't want to um, this time. So we'll just talk about the top five. So let's go from 10 to one and let's talk about the uh, bottom half of the five. So at number 10, we've got Jonathan Gresham, who had a very interesting year. As opposed to, um, unfortunately, more of the the drama came from outside of the ring than inside of the ring. Jonathan Gresham holding the ROH titles uh, for an extensive period of the last year and getting the respect that he deserves because – Not only of that, but also keeping Ring of Honor together, keeping it around, keeping it relevant and floating around. Despite their turmoil, he was able to come out of it on top. Just um, unfortunately, the way it ended with him has now caused him to leave Ring of Honor. And I feel like unfortunately, the drama surrounding that was 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 ominous enough. But thankfully, the wrestlers and the writers who contribute to. Uh, the PWI felt that despite the drama outside the ring overshadowing, seemingly overshadowing his abilities in the ring this year, they still thought highly enough of Gresham to name him uh, 10 and wherever he's gone, he's been awesome anyway. Now, just as an aside Gresham has refocused his energies after cussing out uh, Tony Khan and leaving Ring of Honor completely, which is a shame. Uh, to, uh, Gresham has uh, focused his uh, energies on his own promotion that he's starting and also his energies on uh, the independent scene where he uh, is, is basically taking on all comers. So uh, if anybody deserves a top 10 spot uh, this year, it's definitely the octopus Jonathan Gresham, Okay. At number nine, Big E, uh, I'm glad that they let Big E in, uh, even though despite his neck injury that I know he and WWE and everyone around him are being very protective of him. No one, as far as I know, as of this podcast, has come out and said it's over for Big E. He always remains positive. He kn- he knows that uh, he at least he's, Uh, ambulatory. At least he can walk around all that power lifting and playing football uh, and uh, athletic endeavors. He's in, I mean, he barely has a neck to begin with, but thankfully things are going well health wise and he's up and walking around and he's actually able to move his neck in a couple of different places. But I don't know if he is completely done with pro wrestling or not. So hopefully that is not the case and we're still praying for his continued recovery. Uh, I guess we'll know in about another year whether or not Big E can make his return to WWE and possibly get his title back that he so deservedly won. I know there's a lot of hating on his title reign. I know people want to consider it nondescript, but I really feel like Big E could have helped take the WWE championship into another Stratosphere had he not Been injured So he had a great year though He had a significant run It was his first significant world title run Of his career uh, He was winning great a great deal Not just with New Day but also On his own And everyone was supporting it And everyone loved it I, I know I understand people don't get Big E And the haters gonna hate But Big E deserves The love and the respect that he garnered so good for him despite his seemingly life threatening slash career ending injury. Biggie was able to make it to his highest spot he's ever achieved as a pro wrestler at number nine on the PWI 500. Number eight, El Hijo de Vikingo. I have been practicing his name all week and I still messed it up. So there you go. Not pictured. I'm going to come back to, uh, Vikingo, uh, in a moment, I'm just going to go ahead and round off the bottom five with, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, who has had, uh, quite a bit of major fights that he's been winning. He's on a pretty good streak in AEW apparently. And, uh, along with him and the rest of his, uh, Black Streets Back Fight Club or whatever it's called. He's actually one of the few that's doing well and has legit storylines. He's kind of a tweener from what I gather. Shading heel right now. Uh, kicking guys in the face and he just came out in an interview said, if I break someone's trachea oh well, it's what it is. Uh, he definitely is going to be a player for the AEW belt that Jonathan Moxley currently owns right now. And Moxley, uh, I guess, is going to uh, be defending it. And then I'm not 100% sure, again, because I don't follow the product anymore, whether or not Daniel Bryan is going to be challenging for it, or is challenging for it, or will in the future challenge for it. And if they were smart, they would let da- uh, Bryan Daniel send the American Dragon fight for the belt and hopefully win, but uh, had a positive year where he had, he garnered a lot of wins. So that's good. And at number six, uh, very surprising after taking uh, roughly a year uh, off. Not, I mean, I shouldn't say a year, but it was a significant amount of time off. I think he took a little more time than his, any NDA or complete no compete clause would allow him to. But Cody Rhodes the American Nightmare comes off at number six. I feel like, again, just like Biggie, they did take a great deal of his runs into consideration. And other than solving racism and whatever else that he was doing, what he was involved in with his feud with MJF and, trying to be a part of the AEW championship picture with an overcrowded, overbooked crowd, still standing out and still putting on amazing performances, kept him in the running. And then I feel like with his WrestleMania bump and his debut, where he came out in godlike form, where he assumed his final form and then wrestled with one arm and an entirely bruised uh, right side, and still worked the match. I think the writers at PWI gave Cody a, a, a good props uh, for for that. They they put him in the right place, and now Cody Rhodes is definitely uh, positioned to be fighting. For the WWE Undisputed or World title as soon as he's able, as soon as he's able to come back. Could it possibly be for a big WrestleMania appearance? Who knows? That would be pretty dope if it was. I'm not uh, booking it again. I'm just a guy sitting in his basement talking about pro wrestling. I am not in the position to book. Maybe that's a good thing, but regardless of what happens, Cody Rhodes is well-deserved to be at number six. So I wanted to cycle back, though, and just give a guy his props um, kind of singularly, kind of by himself. So I wanted to... um, Bring up El uh, Hijo del Vaquinho. I want to talk about the son of the Viking himself. (coughs) There you see him holding, I believe, the triple A belt. And his performance is over the past year and a half have shot him into superstardom and he is super young he's he's only launched not say super young he's in his mid 20s and he is killing it he's got great athletic ability um even his workout videos that he posts are are mind blowing uh he does a second rope springboard Triple Tuck landing on his feet. If there is any way that Triple H can buy the services of Vicino and bring him to WWE for a legit run, I would pay him back with the money. He's just this good. And people are just now uh, figuring him out. And again, I'm I'm not a wrestling hipster, right? It's not like I knew intimately who Vikinho was and I was following him religiously for the last two or three years and saying, I knew who he was before you guys did. Of course, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to look like an idiot and say that. But I will say the very sparing things I saw him, like at Triple Mania, uh, he's done a lot of work with MLW. As you know, MLW went down earlier this year and did a huge – Uh, deal with AAA and Crash uh, kind of cross promoting things and helping each other out which is awesome and I love the fact that MLW does that and then because you get to see uh, guys like Vekinho who are just amazing in the ring and for all the botchiness that Lucha Libre especially in AAA can bring I don't think this guy's missed a Beat you bring him in and you have him fight Rey Mysterio you have him I'm you know, it's just fantasy booking for a minute here. But if you bring him in and you have him fight Ricochet or Carmelo Hayes or a young guy like that in NXT, and he, he is definitely a star, by the way. Uh the way he carries himself, the way he he, he comes to the ring, he commands respect. Um, I think he kind of goes between Tecnico and Rudo. For those of you who are Lucha fans, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but he does proudly take his championship around. And he carries himself like he's an absolute star. And I I would love to see him. I was joking around with a friend of mine. I would love to see uh, Vikingo uh, join the Viking Raiders. And then out of spite, out of complete spite, I would love Triple H to uh, create a WWE three-man tag belt. And then, uh, and then uh, it, the the championship match could be the Viking Raiders, all three of them, uh, versus uh, the New Day or or whomever. And then the Viking Raiders with El Hijo uh, hoisting it high, giving uh, getting the belts from none other than Michael P. S. Hayes, the greatest three man tag wrestler ever. So I would love to see that, just despite AEW. To do that, to give them the three man belts and give it to El Vecchino, but he deserves it. Uh, Go on the internet, kids, and Google or uh, watch uh, videos of Vecchino, either in MLW or in AAA, and uh, you will not be disappointed. And you will see why this man deservedly is at number eight. From that, now we'll just go to the top uh, five. So... Give me a sec to load it up to show you the, actually I'm just going to go from four to two obviously, because that is what we call in the business, the tease. Uh, We'll get to number one in a moment. But at number four, we have Bobby Lashley, who again, had a fantastic year. He had a great run. Uh, with, I'm sorry, at five, I should have said at five, Bobby Lashley had a great year, had a fantastic run with the belt on his own right before obviously losing to Roman Reigns for Reigns to become uh, the tribal chief and the undisputed uh, heavyweight champion of WWE. But Lashley didn't let that get him down as uh, he also carried the u s championship with a plum over the uh, last year. I know Bobby gets accused of being one of those guys that needs a belt, but if you've seen the work that he did, all the big matches and the and finally Bobby being Bobby and Bobby just being dominant throughout the entire last year, he deserves to be number five on the list. So congratulations to him. Uh, number four. A, another controversial figure, someone who has been getting himself in a lot of trouble lately, especially uh, telling people what he will and what he won't do. But Hangman Adam Pierce comes in at number four overall in PWI's 500 list. Uh, you know, for good or ill, uh, even though this whole kerfuffle in AEW is partially – Based on him and his actions and his behavior, I don't think it's deniable that the year that he's had and the run that he's been on, how important he's been to AEW, uh, shouldn't be um, understated. In the context of its own company, he's taken on a lot of big matches, you know, all the time involving him, involving himself, even finally achieving the top of the mountain and becoming AEW. Uh, champion for a while, anyway, uh, was a, uh, uh, in my opinion, again, I will die on this mountain. It was uh, too a little too late, but he did, in fact, win the belt. And he had a pretty good run with it um, until things went sideways and the company started, you know, getting run uh, by a particular few and not by the owner, because, God forbid, he should intervene. Uh, so, Adam Page. Deserves to be in this spot just by virtue of all of the things that he survived, and he was able to achieve his dream, and and he had a decent run in carrying the company. And even if he doesn't have the belt, which he currently doesn't, but even if he does, uh, it seems like he's a major player uh, despite all of the trauma. But one of the people that currently has the belt and was the subject of uh, the ire. Toward Adam Page is the, I don't think he's the champ anymore, but the, at the time, uh, the heavyweight champion of AEW, CM Punk. And again, the controversy that he helped create, by the way, kind of overshadowed the big matches that he had in AEW uh, in order to come back from injury and still wrestle with the injury and then to come back in and um, ultimately win the AEW belt and be injured in the process or have it stripped and then to finally come back and win it again outright only to have it defended at a pay-per-view And then have it stripped again from him because of his involvement in an altercation between him and the uh, executive vice presidents of AEW, the Young Bucks and the Elite. So, again, it's the bad press is what follows you. And I'm going to try in a very objective way to pump up how CM Punk does deserve his number three shot. Because of all the big fights that he was in, the big fights, the big matches that he was a part of in order to get to be AEW champion and then to retain and remain AEW champion. And honestly, uh, if it weren't for the infamous media scrum and the fight backstage, you know, CM Punk would still be champ. And uh, I just found out, maybe I knew it, but I just found out he's about a year, year and a half younger than me. So if that's a thing, I don't know, Uh, but I don't see how much longer he can go. And I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be his last time that he'll ever be ranked in the top 10 of PWI ever in his career. So if anything else, ironically enough, he is going out with a bang. Pardon the pun. Number two. A guy who just seems to live in the top 10, who just seems to live amongst the top five actually, is the rainmaker Cascata. Okada, again, winning uh, the – I believe he, he won the G1. He won the belt again. Uh, he beat Kota Ibushi who suffered another injury. What else is new with Bushi? Every other year he's either winning a belt or getting injured. It's probably uh, and then, of course, you know, Abushi kind of leaving wrestling a little while uh, because of the controversy behind the harassment that he was uh, calling out New Japan for. Again, that's that was another podcast. You can go back and listen to the histories uh, of my podcast to find that specific episode where I talk about it in depth. Let's talk about Kazakata. OK, uh, again, winning the belt, winning the New Japan belt fighting everybody for it uh having another dominant year this guy just stays on top you know you talk about other guys and other promotions who are the face of the promotion who just find a way to stay on top Kaz is no different so he definitely deserves number two um weird shots that he had in AEW um he was very nice about it but you know he's glad to go home uh The the trips over here are long, and you miss people. And he was already kind of getting homesick anyway. Not a guy that likes to leave Japan to do a whole lot. But he knew this was important to New Japan for him to appear at AEW um, Forbidden Door. So Kaz Okada, arguably one of the best. Wrestlers of our generation, quite possibly in the goat status of all time, and he is number two on the PWI's list. So that's how that rounds out. And of course, we know who number one is, and we don't even need to despite it, dispute it, argue with it. Just let it happen. Of course. PWY acknowledges the tribal chief, the head of the table, the head dog in the yard, Roman Reigns as the number one wrestler in the world, according to its own magazine. So they threw the ones in the air and you can throw their one, your ones in the air for Roman Reigns. And acknowledge him not only as your tribal chief, but also acknowledge him as your number one wrestler in the world. And it is um, more than deserved. He's just had such an epic run that it's hard to argue The whole gamble that Triple H, I'm sorry, that uh, Vince made that paid off was when he decided to put Roman Reigns in the shield instead of Chris Hero. And Punk got two-thirds of what he wanted, and Vince got one-third, which for Vince, that's a big enough compromise. But the end game, the five years down the road, the ten years down the road, the payoff was this Roman Reigns being number one and the universal champion and the undisputed WWE heavyweight champion. So Reigns has been completely dominant. He even withstood Brock Lesnar and a front loader to retain his belt. Uh, Such an epic run Uh, really come into his own, Remember when we all hated Roman Reigns and we booed him because he was being forced down our throats? And now look. Now look at him. Now we all cheer him. We love Roman Reigns. We love the bloodline, And he does everything he needs to do. He's just an unstoppable bad dude. And he does what you're supposed to do as a heel champion. Just basically crap on everybody. You know, in... In 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 one company you have media scrums where guys are going into business and uh, you know shooting on the company, shooting on other wrestlers, and just making the whole thing look like an unprofessional mess. You have, on the other hand, in the real wrestling company, the heavyweight champion walks in, says his catchphrase, and walks out, and that's the press conference show. That's the media scrum. You don't get to ask questions of the big dog. You don't get to ask questions at the head of the table. The head of the table tells you what's up. He doesn't. You don't dictate to him. He dictates to you. Um, the fact that you know again hasn't lost a loss of step athletically. May even have gotten stronger coming into his own personality-wise. He's just cool, man. He's just he's just as you kids say. He's just a vibe. He is unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force. He has proven that even though the bloodline is a deadly faction, that he doesn't need the bloodline. He doesn't need the bloodline to win. He doesn't need the bloodline for anything. They're just they're just there. They're not just there there because they're family. But in the end, Roman Reigns is the man because he is the one. He can do this on his own, and he does, and he shows it, and he doesn't care what you think. And now all the people that hated him, that hated his guts, are now cheering for him and want this streak to continue. So congratulations to the one, throw my one in the air, as the PWI acknowledges Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the big dog, the tribal chief as the number one. One wrestler in the world. So, just a final thought, just a final idea before we close up. I know I'm running a little late, this show's about almost over, but I just want to say uh, I did put out a poll on my social media to uh, wrestlers in general what they thought of the PWI in general, and if they cared. And many of them said uh, they actually. Uh, they they don't care. Well, on Twitter, they said they don't care. And on Facebook, some of y'all said, you do kind of care. And the wrestlers that I follow do care. So if you want to take it, and we can talk about it a little bit more next week maybe, um, because you can look at it two ways. The PWI is either a mark mag that you don't take any stock in and you just believe in yourself and, and because the ultimate goal in pro wrestling is to win belts and make money, right? Right. Or or you could take it as an empirical, data-driven resource that actually does look at some of the same things that college football looks at, that other sports look at, as far as how to rank who over whom. Uh, We know the PWI's rankings are based off of wins and losses we know that and don't say that they're not because they are they're based on where you get booked how you get booked how important is the promotion or how high up is it are you basically wrestling at the promoter's son's bar mitzvah or are you you know main eventing wrestlemania where what's the venue what's the surroundings also, it takes into consideration the quality of opponents, right? They do a comparison. They say, well, this person fought this person. And I'll give you a perfect example. There is a uh, female wrestler out there, Jocelyn Navarro, who uh, had a very significant win against uh, Diana Perrazzo earlier this year. Uh, she's very popular on the independent scene, and I've seen her live a couple times. She's Pretty doggone good. She probably, she's probably pretty amazing. So she deserves her rank where she is based on the wrestlers that she's wrestled. Okay, she's not exactly a household name yet, but she's established enough credit to be ranked where she is. And I think she was ranked perfectly. Just like most of the wrestlers are. There are some guys that are going to be up and down, there some, some guys and some girls are going to be mad at what their position was. But, uh, all in all it works out it balances out because they actually try to apply a metric unlike some people who just basically say randomly that this was a good match and that was not a good match and just kind of put a uh subjective spin on whether or not they think a wrestler is good or not so for all intents and purposes whether or not you believe the uh The PWI is is legit or not It is a metric It is a way to judge uh, uh, What wrestlers doing And how well they're doing It is a standard It is a standard Uh, It might not be a perfect standard But neither is the college football system Uh, Neither are a lot of professional wrestling sports And other uh, sports out there Are perfect In their rankings of their players As well So I try to look at it from a scientific standpoint of it being a legit metric that we have some data that we can just empirically say this wrestler deserves this because this wrestler deserves this position because. And we'll go with that. So if you have any comments or anything that you want to say about uh, the PWI in general or the top 10, definitely drop a comment into the uh, comment section of the Heel and Face page, or you can do it over at Heel Turn Wrestling, and I'll try to get a hold of you either way. Again, don't forget that my social media is just go to Heel and Face Podcast, and I'm everywhere. There's a legit social media platform. Or you can listen to the show on your favorite podcast streaming service, wherever you prefer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you prefer to listen to the show, I am there. That's it for me today on this edition of the Heel and Face podcast, the podcast dedicated to news information and commentary on the world of professional wrestling brought to you by the fine folks at Heel Turn Wrestling. I appreciate you hanging out with me. I appreciate you always. Have a great week. It's me. It's me, the big old Stevie C, taking off for another week. Have a great week. Have fun this week doing whatever it is you do. And as always, peace.